Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. One semester of law school. One semester of criminal justice. Two experts. I'm Kristen Caruso. I'm Brandi Egan. Let's go to court. On this episode, I'll talk about Olestra. <gasps> Anal leakage? People don't know. (laughs) And I'll be talking about a brutal attack on a young lawyer. Anal leakage? (laughs) How dare you? All right, team, we've got exciting news. Right now, as you are listening to this, you have an amazing opportunity to join Beachbody today. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kidding. No, you can head over to our Patreon. It's patreon.com slash lgtc podcast and we want you to vote on our next episode topic yes here are your options divorces or custody battles which ones which one (laughs) you know you can only choose choose one one. i'm sorry (laughs) if you voted for both of them it would really be pointless to vote all you have to do is be a district court judge and that's just two dollars a month that's right if you want to hear bonus episodes and all that jazz and join the discord that's five dollars a month if you want to just shoot for the moon that's $7 a month. You can become a Supreme Court judge. Supreme Court! And that, as you know, comes with a sticker. It comes with bragging rights. That's right. It comes with an induction Absolutely. on this very podcast. That's correct. What if you got inducted on... On a different podcast. <laughs> on my favorite murder. <laughs> Sorry, we don't have that kind of power. We do not have that kind of power. You want to talk about a brutal attack? I guess so. Damn. Um, Mine, my case is going to lighten things up. Good, because you're going to be talking about leaky buttholes, so. Wow, spoilers. Spoilers (laughs) everywhere. If you don't see Alestra and know that we're going to be talking about fucking leaky buttholes, have you even lived? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe this is going to help a lot of people out. (laughs) Um, okay, so my case, um, I will just right off the bat, it is terrible, but it is a story of survival. So Good, okay. Oh, thank goodness. And most, I mean, we're talking 90, oh. 94% of this information comes from one source. Um, it's an article for the Houston Press, which I will not tell you the title of at this time. Um, I can tell you at the end, but because it will give something away. But what was I saying? <laughs> You were saying it's by Skip Hollinsworth. No, 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 it's not. Really? It's from Houston Press, and it's by Steve McVicker. I thought there was only one man in Texas who wrote about true crime, <laughs> I know, and right? it was Skip. Skip Hollinsworth. No, Steve McVicker, writing for the Houston Press. This is a great article. This story also may sound familiar to you if you are a fan of the show I Survived, because her story was featured on that show. Okay, okay, I love survival stories. Yes. Oh, I know this one. Oh, it's a good one. You do know this one? I mean, should I say something and we'll cut it? Yeah. She's the one who was like... I love this story! Yes. Okay, well... Okay. 
Yeah, cut all that out. Yeah, yeah. Man, what a spoiler that would be. Yeah. Don't even listen to Brandy's. The night of April 14th, 1995, started like any other for... Mm -mm, that's definitely not her name Jennifer it says Jennifer Money in my notes it's definitely Jennifer Mori I believe that was an autocorrect she was a young lawyer in Houston Texas that particular night it was a Friday night she'd gone out with some friends to the Ale House which I did some looking into this it seems like a really cool place it was like this house that was um, originally a house like in Houston and then during the prohibition it was turned into a speakeasy and then it like cl- got shut down for a long time kind of sat empty and then they turned it into this Ale House um, it was reportedly haunted and sadly it's no longer around and it is now a parking lot so oh. wah wah um, so you said that would be a cool story. Well, I thought it was cool because it was like this haunted a parking lot. Well, no, shut wow. it up. Like this haunted bar. Let's go park there. You stop it. <laughs> and no, this article I found on it was like, what happens to spirits when their home becomes a parking lot? And that was the title. And that's all I read. I don't know what happened. They hop in the Range Rover and go home with you. So anyway, so she spends the night out at this cool bar, has a couple drinks, nothing crazy. She doesn't like, you know, get tore up from the floor up or anything like that. Kristen, why does your face look like that? I've never heard tore up from the floor up. You've never heard tore up from the floor up? No, I I am terribly sorry. What it's they use it in a movie when a guy is trying to sound cool. Norm, back me up on this. What's that from? Tore up from the floor up? Yeah. It doesn't sound familiar to me. Exactly. It's from a movie. Brandy made it up. Now I have to look into this. Oh god. Uh, it's a song. Yeah, I know, but they Wade reference Hayes. it in a movie. Oh, it's from Juno. Oh, her dad is talking about like her oh. life decisions and stuff like that. Yeah, I could. I knew it was like a dad talking to someone, but I couldn't place it. Anyway, that's so not important. Anyway, <laughs> so she goes out with friends. She she has a friend take her home to her apartment somewhere around midnight. And so her friend takes her to her apartment located <gasps> at oh, hold, hold, hold up. Okay. 4400 Memorial Drive, Houston, Texas, 77007. Okay. Mm-hmm. So these are the Bayou Park apartments. If you want like a you can actually search Bayou Park apartments and get a better view of the okay. actual apartment complex. I do want to do that. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. They look like, you know, just kind of standard. Yeah, standard. So there was a reason that Jennifer had picked this apartment complex. It had 24-hour-a-day security. Mm-hmm. She was a young woman. She was, like, 25. Um, she was doing really well for herself out on her own. It was, like, her first job um, since law school. But she lived alone, and she was smart. And knew that there were risks in that. And so she had specifically picked this apartment complex because they had 24-hour a day on-site security. And it was provided by this security company that she'd heard of before. Pinkerton Security. Mm -hmm. So that is a name that you've probably heard of. Yep. Um, It is actually related to the Pinkerton Detective Agency. Yes, it's actually like over the years, that's what they have become. They've become a security Wow, okay, I didn't know that. Yes. All right. So Pinkerton Detective Agency has been around since like the 1800s, and um, this is kind of like the bastardized version that it has become today. (laughs) They now 
deliver. Do they um, advertise themselves as the bastardized I version don't think of? So. <laughs> I do not believe so. But it was a name she recognized. And she was like, this is great. I'm going to be safe. Yes. Wonderful. She goes to bed that night. Everything's great until about four o'clock in the morning. Jennifer wakes up to intense pressure on her chest. Oh, God. She kind of wakes herself up out of her, you know, dream state, whatever. And there is a man on top of her. And he is attempting to rape her. Oh, my God. He's holding her down. She's fighting him. She's kicking. She's doing whatever. She tries to move away from him. She's screaming. She realizes he has a knife to her throat. As she tries to push him off. He slices her throat open. Oh, God. Like from one ear all the way across her neck to like the center of her neck. She's still fighting through all of this. Blood is gushing out of her. There is blood everywhere. All over her, all over the attacker, all over her bed. The wound was described as looking like a second mouth. Oh, that's how like gaping. That is disgusting. Yeah. And then for a second, Jennifer thought, what what am I doing? What is the point of this? I am going to die. And the fight just like went out of her. Oh. Just laid there. And the man who was attacking her grabbed her by her hair oh. and dragged her into her bathroom, like slid her across the floor of her bathroom, slammed the door and like locked her in there. There was no actual lock on this bathroom door, mm-hmm. but he like closed the door and most likely just assumed she would just bleed out in there and die. And this is after he had raped her or um, it, yes, I, I okay, unclear. Gotcha. Unclear. I believe it doesn't go into specifics, but yes, I believe that he had like she woke up in the act of him raping her. Okay. Okay. Yes. So she's in this bathroom and she decides I am not going to die in this bathroom. And she mm-hmm. like gets herself together. She pushes her body against this door of this bathroom and puts her feet up on the bathtub to create like a wedge mm-hmm. so that if this man tries to come into her bathroom, he won't be able to get the door open. She oh will God. be a physical wedge keeping this door closed because it doesn't lock. Uh-huh. Which, who's ever heard of a bathroom door that doesn't lock? I don't know. That's don't. a terrible design flaw. Sure, sure. Our old house, the bathroom door didn't lock. Yeah, and it was a terrible design flaw. Yeah. Actually, I take that back. It did lock, but you needed a skeleton key to lock that it. It's a terrible design flaw. <laughs> it's an old house. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> These are new apartments, though. Yeah. If they're new apartments, there's no excuse. Yeah. Yeah. So she's in the bathroom. She's assessing her situation. She's got her neck just gushing, gushing blood. She grabs a towel and she's like holding a towel to it. Yeah. And she's listening. The apartment is silent. It's quite the contrast from what the scene just was where she's fighting and screaming and yelling and whatever. All of a sudden, it's just completely silent, completely dark. See, this part of any of these stories is so terrifying to Mm -hmm. me because uh, I don't know what could be worse than 
you think it's over, you open the door, right. and he's still there. Oh, yeah. Because that's like Golden State Killer shit. Yeah, he would, yeah, yeah. He, he would, would stick around. Yes, until you thought he was gone. Oh. I know, I know. Ugh, Worst I person ugh. ever. I know. I can't even. I cannot handle the Golden State Killer. It terrifies me. Did you read? Um, yes, I read. Oh. Yes, and I, I was terrified the entire time. I would wake up in the middle of the night. You know, you'd have like a shadow in the corner of your okay. room. You'd be like, "Well, like, he's he, here. He could be standing right there." Yeah, yeah. Him and his stupid micro penis. Yes. Oh. Anyway, don't she, worry. He's caught, guys. Yeah. Oh, thank God. Oh. So she listens and she listens and she listens. She hears him zip his pants up. No. Yes. She hears him walk across the apartment and leave. Oh. And she decides at that moment that she can sit there and die or she can try to get help. And so she gets herself up. She goes to open the bathroom door mm-hmm. and it's jammed. She has pressed herself against it so hard that she's physically jammed the door closed. You're kidding. And her hands are so covered in her own blood that she can't grip the doorknob to try and get like a good pull on it. No. Yeah. So she talks about how at that moment she literally laughed at Uh the state of affairs like, holy shit, I am going to die in my bathroom right now because I can get the fucking door open. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah. Was she... I mean, I imagine she lost so so much blood. Was she able to stand? I, I believe that she was able to stand or at least get to her knees. Okay. So she does eventually get the door open. I believe that she says something about getting a towel sure, and, like, sure. using that. And she, she gets the door open. She, like crawls out of the bathroom and finds her cell phone. Mm-hmm. So it's 1995. So the fact that she even had a cell phone. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. Amazing, yes. And she gets herself back in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And she calls 911. Why does she go back into the bathroom? I think because she was... She a felt f- safer there? But yeah. Okay. It was enclosed. Um, yeah. And, you know, the she could see everything yeah. there, I'm guessing. okay. okay. She calls 911, and this guy, I'm trying to find his name now, sorry, I'm not anywhere near where I, in my notes, anywhere. This is what I deal with, people. I know, I'm so sorry. She calls 911, and the dispatcher who answers the phone, his name is Richard Everett, it's his first fucking day on the job. Oh, no, oh, Richard. (laughs) And he's like, okay, bear with me, I will, you are going to get through this, listen to what I'm saying, we will get through this together. And he stays super calm, Uh and he helps her. He's like, I've got police, I've got paramedics on the way to you, talk to me. She describes her wound to him, he tells her to put more pressure on it, get a new towel on it, Mm -hmm. uh, keep it, you know, closed, keep her hands on it. Um, And he's just like talking to her, trying to keep her calm, letting her know. He's like following the emergency crews like on their way to her and like updating her they'll be there you know in this many minutes they'll be there in this many minutes and then there's a knock at her door Mm. and she tells the dispatcher she's like someone's here someone's here and he's like um i i don't know the the emergency crews are definitely not definitely not there yet i i'm not sure who that could be and so she goes to the door she does not answer the door but she's like who is it and the guy identifies himself as brian gibson he says he's the security officer on duty that night. 
and that he's aware that something has happened and that she needs to let him into the apartment. And so she's she's like thinking about it and she's talking to the dispatcher, um, Richard, and he's like, I don't know. I, I don't think you should open the door. I think you should go back to the bathroom, wait for emergency crews to be there. Police will be there within a couple of minutes. Don't open the door. Mm-hmm. And she's like, okay, okay, th- yeah. And so she doesn't. And the guy, the security officer is like, let me in. Let me help you. I'm, I'm here to help you. And she's like, no, I'm, I'm not going to answer the door. I'm sorry. I'm not going to answer the door. And so she goes back and she's oh. on the phone with the, the dispatcher. Emergency crews get to her. I already told you at the beginning. She survives this. Yes. But emergency crews are met with the security officer when they arrive at Jennifer's apartment. Mm-hmm. And he is... Go ahead. What? Um, how did he know that something had gone on? Well, you're about to find out. Okay, okay. So he is in a state sure. when the police get there. He is injured. He's bloody. Hmm. He's missing part of his uniform. Mm-hmm. And he's like, guys, I, I'm on duty tonight. I'm the security agent on duty. I saw a man jump off of her balcony and run through the field. I took off after him. We got in a scuffle. I tried to catch him. I, I couldn't. I couldn't get him. Mm-hmm. I can't believe I couldn't get him. And police are like, okay. And they're just trying to like assess the situation. Sure, sure. They've got a woman that they know is like bleeding to death in the bathroom. Right. So they get into her. They get her, you know, medical attention, whatever. And then they start kind of looking at the scene and looking at this security guy, Brian. Uh-huh. And he walks him through his story again. The man left out of, like, the... the She has, like, a balcony. Jennifer had a balcony mm-hmm. or, like, a porch. And he jumped over the balcony or the porch wall or whatever. Um, and that's when the security agent saw him, uh, noticed that he had a lot of blood on him, was going to track him down through this field. So the police look at this field that this guy has supposedly just run through, and there's fresh dew all Mm -hmm. over the top of it it has been it has not been disrupted in any way yeah and then they're processing the scene at jennifer's apartment and you know what they found inside her apartment part of this dude's uniform the missing part of his uniform his pinkerton security hat was located inside jennifer's apartment Mm -hmm. as well as um a pair of men's underwear and would you believe it when they asked him if he had his underwear on, he was sure missing them. And I actually think this is sort of funny, but they make kind of a big deal about this in this article that when they searched him and found that he didn't have his underwear on, he had also shaved all of his pubic hair in an effort to leave behind no no DNA. I was like, maybe the guy just liked to shave his balls. Okay, like, but this is 1995. Exactly. Yes, this is... People weren't manscaping back then. People weren't trimming <laughs> yeah, it up. So they, they they thought that he intentionally, like this was a planned out thing. He he shaved his pubic hair so as to leave behind no pubic hair evidence at the scene. Yeah. No, that. Yeah. I mean, he likely did. At, at that time. At that time, I'm sure. yes. But if they were to find someone today, it'd be yeah, like, they'd be like well, that's just, a, just dude, a dude who likes Tuesday. to shave his balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this, this story is insane. So he. I called him dumb. He wasn't dumb because he was coming back to. Oh, he was get, likely coming get back his to get his uniform and, and finish her. her off. Yeah. 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 So he was trying like hell to, to get, get all back that into evidence. that apartment so that he could. Yeah. 
get the evidence and make sure she couldn't ever identify him, make sure she could never say what had happened to her. Absolutely. I am so amazed that she, that the dispatcher was like, no, don't answer the door. And that she had, I mean, she must have been getting alarm bells in her head about oh, this absolutely. guy. Because under just a normal circumstance, I would think that you would go to the door and be like, yeah, yeah go ahead and help me. Yeah, I, I yeah. mean, my throat is slit. So she definitely credits uh, the yeah. dispatcher, Richard, with helping save her life. Yes. Like, she, to help her think clearly and think through that in the moment. And uh, they are friends to this day mm-hmm. like he came to her wedding when she got married yeah like they uh. have remained in contact so unfortunately there's not a ton of court stuff available on this but what we do know is that brian gibson was the security officer um he was arrested and he ended up uh, being charged with attempted murder and he was sentenced to 20 years in prison which jennifer was very unhappy with she didn't think that was enough time um which oh. i agree like i don't think that's very much time but he's out Oh, I guess he would be. Yeah, he's out. He is living in, I believe it's Magnolia, Texas. He has to register as a sex offender for the rest of his life. Ugh. Yeah. So that how long? How long do you think he should have gotten? I don't know. I think it should be. Tr- it's the same thing. He was charged with attempted murder, which didn't carry, you know, as heavy as of a sentence as murder. But I think he had every intention of murdering her. And I think that he also. There should be extenuating circumstances for the fact that he um, was in a position, he used his position mm-hmm. um, as a security officer. Yes. I think that's a mitigating circumstance. I also think that the fact that there was a sexual assault in there, which he does have to register as a sex offender, but I just don't think 20 years is enough. Okay. This had a profound effect on Jennifer's life. Sure. She completely withdrew from her entire life. She went and lived with her parents. She couldn't get out of bed. She was scared of everything, severely depressed, um, and just couldn't handle it, Mm -hmm. Um, which I think is a completely reasonable response. Yes. Yes. Yeah. In addition to having to heal from her physical injuries. Yeah. They... um, he missed her carotid artery by like one millimeter. Oh God! And her her voice box by like another millimeter. Mm. So there was a serious risk that she would if if he would have hit her carotid artery, she would have died immediately. Yeah. If he would have hit her voice box, she wouldn't have been able to call for help. Oh my God! Think about oh. how differently that would have gone. She would have had to leave her apartment. Uh-huh. Where her, her attacker was. Yes. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, God. Yeah. So she's, like, going through all of the things that you I can't even imagine going through after an attack like this. And her mm-hmm. brother comes to her one day, and he's like, you got to pull your shit together. Our parents can't afford to support you. You've got a car payment you have to make. You're going to have to get it together. And it was like what she needed to hear, she said. Like it wow. was. So she decided that she was going to she was going to, you know, pull it together and she was going to get her life back together, life on track. And so she actually consulted with a lawyer about what her options were for a civil case. 
how did this happen? How did someone like this Mm -hmm. get in the position that he was in? Mm -hmm. And so a lawyer looked it over and he thought 100% they had grounds for a civil case against Pinkerton. Okay, okay. What was in this guy's background? So, turns out that the Pinkerton uh, security agency was well known and had a lot of um, um, what's the word that I'm clout because of their name. Okay, but they were also but they were kind of like the discount agency, oh. and they maintained their low prices by hiring low cost employees. So at the time of this attack, Brian had worked for the company for a couple of years and he was making like a dollar over minimum wage per hour. Oh God. Um, Uh Minimum requirements were that he had a clean background when they run a background check and that he had a, a high school diploma. But he lied on his application and said, yeah, if you run my background, it'll be clear. Wait, so they never actually checked his background? No, they never did a full background check. Um, not that a ton of stuff would have come back on him, but there were other instances where they hired w- with Pinkerton where other guards were accused in murders and attacks on women. And oh so, my God. Yeah. No, you have to do the background check, especially in that line of work. Who cares if they have a high school diploma? Yeah. But the background check, that has to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, when when... Jennifer and her lawyer started looking into Pinkerton's background. They found that um, in 1995, a guard who worked for Pinkerton was charged in a murder and had had, it was related to his his position, his wherever his assignment uh-huh. was, um, and received like a 30-year sentence for murder. Brian had actually had complaints from other Residents? Uh-huh, at different job assignments. This was his third reassignment oh, because of complaints from customers what about his behavior. What are they, the Catholic behavior. church? They just Right, they just around? shuffle people around. Oh. Yeah. yeah. So what were the complaints? It, hey, you this know, guy's a go, creep. It, there's, that's the most frustrating thing about this because it happened in 1995. There's, like, no information available okay, on it. Okay, gotcha. Um, it's... There were complaints, and he was reassigned. This okay. was his third job assignment, and it was like, well, if you fuck up at this one, you might not have a job anymore. Might have to transfer you again. That's right. Buddy. Yeah. So they they took Pinkerton to court. Mm-hmm. Good. But Pinkerton settled for an undisclosed amount. You hate I settlements hate so it. much. I hate it so much. But it was probably good. For Jennifer, she got a sum of money and was able to not, she didn't have to go through the whole court procedures of saying everything that had happened to her and all of that. Let's um, assume she got $5 million. I hope. Well, she got enough money. Okay. She was able to start her own law practice. <gasps> cool. Yes. Oh, my God. So after all of this, she started her own law practice. She's doing well. She's married. And she is still friends with her dispatcher that helped save her life. That is awesome. Yeah. As far as Pinkerton, according to this article, which is a million dated, years old. which is dated, um, this case made no impact on their hiring process. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Great. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Ugh. Yep. But... 
Good for Jennifer. Yeah. And thank God for that, for Richard, for being in that. I mean, his very first day, and that's the call Can you imagine? Yes. I I mean, no, I I cannot. Yes, I cannot imagine. And I'd handle it great also. Thank you for asking. Oh, my God. (laughs) Survival stories, I always start with my hands up by my neck. Can't handle it, but oh. Yeah. Um, in that, when they were doing the, like, the records dig for Pinkerton and their hiring process, at that time, they had 130 employees, and they had, like, 4,000 employees total, but they had 130 employees um, that held felony convictions. You're kidding me. No. And at the very least, they were supposed to pass a background check to be able to get a guard position. So they had the honor system. Basically, yeah. Background checks can be expensive to run. Sure. But when you're putting in somebody somebody in that position, I, the, you they're have not, to run them. Yeah, they're not optional. And you have to know that a lot of really creepy people gravitate toward those position, positions because they like the power. Yes. Yeah. Dennis Rader. Yeah, yes, exactly. Yeah. I bet he would have really liked working for Pinkerton. I mean, he was a freaking dog catcher, but oh god. Yeah. Gross. That's the story of Jennifer Morey. She's actually Jennifer Caldwell now. Good for Jennifer Caldwell. Yes. We're happy for you. We're so happy for you. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Okay, whew. are you ready to talk about anal leakage? Brandy. No. I'm sorry, I see Alestra and I automatically think of anal leakage. No, you don't. You and this isn't a spoiler. Miracles. We have talked about this on an episode before. Have we? Yeah, very early. Like maybe our third episode. We oh God. mentioned it. Don't go back and listen to No, folks. They're, they're really not good, folks. Um, have you tried to listen? No. I tried to listen to our first episode a while ago, and I got three seconds in. I couldn't. What What were we thinking? The TV tray with one mic With one mic was going to get it done. Yeah. Anyway, here we are. Okay. Most of this information comes from the Center for Science in the Public Interest. Ooh. Okay? Yes. All right. Brandy. It was nice. We've definitely used that source for something before. I think it was when I used did my made up case. I think it probably was the Taco Bell case. The Taco Bell, Bell case. case. That's where I got all the information about the parasite. Yeah. No, they, yes. they do great work. <laughs> They're a great nonprofit. <laughs> it was 1996 when the FDA approved one of the greatest inventions known to man. <laughs> it was called 
Alestra. Mm-hmm. And contrary to what Brandy has told you, it was amazing. It really did seem amazing when it came out. Yeah, hell yeah, it did. Get this. Olestra worked as a fat substitute. And this was in the 90s when we were all terrified of fat. Now yeah. now fat is good. Carbs are, yeah. I don't know. I anyway, don't know. It's so confusing. It is. Just, you know, don't eat carbs. Do eat carbs. Yeah. Don't eat fat. Do eat Do fat. Eat fat. Um, don't eat sugar. But eat fruit sugar. Yeah. Why are you confused? I know. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway, scientists could add it to food, and guess what? It wouldn't add any extra fat or calories. In short, it was the best thing ever. Olestra, I did not know this, was invented by scientists at Procter & Gamble. Oh, I didn't know that either. So they were trying to create this supplement that would help premature babies gain weight. Oh. But Olestra didn't do that. Yeah. So they had this thing that obviously people wanted, but yeah. they weren't really the ones who wanted to do anything with it. So that's when the good people at Frito-Lay yeah. stepped in. Oh, yeah. They were very intrigued by this invention. They were like, hey, Procter & Gamble, could we work out a deal here? Because you know what America would love? A brand new fat-free potato chip! Yes! And ultimately, they gave us those fat-free they potato chips. They were delicious too. Were they? Yes. You don't remember? You never ate them? No, I did. I did. Okay, um, the Pringles tasted like legit Pringles. Yeah, let's get to our let's get to our experiences Kay. with them. Okay, okay. okay. Frito Lay called them Wow potato chips. Mm-hmm. And do you remember this? They had the logo where an exclamation point was built into the last W because they like didn't have the time <laughs> to add in that. It was like there was a little dot oh, under yeah. that last line of the yeah, W. Yeah. yeah. So in 1997, Frito-Lay put out these magical, life-changing potato chips into test markets. Mm-hmm. They had Lay's, wow. Ruffles, wow. Doritos, wow. wow. Tostitos, wow. And people were like, wow, this is great. I love chips, and now I can eat them without any guilt at all. Indiana was one of the test markets for the chips. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you, the Hoosiers loved these chips. But there was just one minor problem tiny i mean if you're really picky maybe you'd be annoyed by this um you see the the chips they did cause a little bit of the uh <laughs> anal leakage oh <laughs> yeah minor problem <laughs> who cares really uh also abdominal cramping uh real bad diarrhea Worth it. (laughs) (laughs) So not everyone who ate the wow chips experienced these symptoms. But a lot of people took the stance that, hey, like if there's even a chance that I'm going to get anal leakage, I'm not going to eat them. Okay, let's pause here. Yes. Do we all remember wow potato chips? Yeah, I ate them. Yeah. Okay. Never experienced anal leakage. I didn't either. Yeah. Um, Norm? Never had them. You were not allowed to have My mom them. refused to buy them. Oh, because Why? of the anal leakage? Um, she was always skeptical of like 
foods that have been like chemically altered. Oh yeah, mm. and these were chemically altered. I mean, to the max. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> yeah, Doritos are already pretty weird. Yeah, <laughs> now, now this they're is yeah cooked yeah. up in a lab. <laughs> So public health advocates. Oh, oh, I had another question for you guys. Yeah. Uh, okay, here. One okay. thing I want to say. I was under the impression that you had to like eat an entire bag of them to experience the anal leakage. So if you like, if you, you know, went by the serving size of, I don't Has know. Has anyone ever done seven that? Seven chips. Uh-huh. You were in the clear. Um, turns out that's not necessarily true. Excellent. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm my question is for you guys. Do you remember when they first came out? Did they have warnings on them? No, I don't believe so. See, I, I saw the warning came later. Yeah, I saw conflicting stuff on this, but my memory was that the warning came later. I, my memory is completely that the warm, okay. warning came later. The warning came later. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Public health advocates. Nobody would buy a bag ever if they came out with a warning immediately that said <laughs> your butthole's going to leak. Well, they my theory was that, first of all, it didn't say your butthole's going to be leaking. It would. It probably said made with Olestra. Yeah. And it was probably on the back. Yeah. And, and then in real tiny writing, it says it may, product may cause anal leakage. Loose stools or something. I For some reason, I completely, like, I... Remember the term anal leakage oh, we on all the do. package. We all do. But I, I don't... Well, okay, let's get okay. it. Let's okay, get it. all right. Can we get an anal leakage count on this episode? <laughs> Is that the homework for the listeners? Yeah, the homework. How many times was anal, anal leakage? leakage? Public health advocates were like, you can't do this to people. You can't sell them a product knowing it could cause anal leakage. Meanwhile, most of the people of Indiana weren't aware of the risks of Olestra, so they gobbled up the chips, and a few hours later, the sewer system of Indiana exploded. Is that a joke? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! I was horrified! Do you want me to read the, the label on the chips? Sure. Uh, so it did say, this product contains Olestra. Olestra may cause abdominal cramping and loose stools. Mm -hmm. Olestra inhibits the absorption of some vitamins and other nutrients. Okay. No anal leakage. Huh? Did not actually say anal well, where leakage. Where the hell am I coming up with that term? I didn't come up with that on my own. Maybe you did. It's you an creep. No, don't didn't. worry. It's we're getting to it. Okay. All right. We'll get to the anal leakage. All thing. right. Just slow we're, down. Just, we're just so excited. I'm so excited for the anal leakage. This was no surprise to people who knew Olestra well. When the FDA approved Olestra in 1996, the FDA's commissioner said, like, straight out, hey, Olestra can cause abdominal cramping and it can cause loose stools. And it inhibits your body's absorption of certain vitamins and nutrients. Mm -hmm. But of course, average everyday people didn't know that about this random yeah. chemical they just thought they were eating miracle chips. Yeah. And about an hour later, they thought their insides were on fire. <laughs> the Center for Science and the Public Interest was pissed. They were like, we can't believe the FDA approved Olestra. And we can't believe that Frito-Lay is selling this crap to people and making people crap all over the place. So they decided to do something about it. In the spring of 1997, they ran this quarter page ad in the Indianapolis Star 
And it basically said, hey, if you ate the wow potato chips and you subsequently blew up a toilet, give us a call at one eight 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 Alestra. On the day that ad ran, they received almost 200 calls. Wow. Yes. They got call after call after call and started compiling all these stories. And they were like, you know what? That's it. It's time for a press conference. Cecilia Bowman, the president of Hoosier Organic Marketing Education, was there. She told the media, Shame on Frito-Lay and Procter & Gamble for using Hoosiers as guinea pigs for their products. The FDA should yank Olestra from the market. If Wow Chips and other foods made with it were ever marketed nationally, millions of consumers could get sick. Frito-Lay's reputation might literally be going down the toilet in Indiana. Hmm. Yeah, it'd be a shame if those were marketed nationally. Yeah. Who knows what could happen? Good thing they had this press conference to stop everything. That didn't happen. <laughs> they, went, they went national. The executive director of the CSPI also spoke. He said, The flood of calls we have received represents the tip of the iceberg. In just the two weeks on the market, wow chips have probably sickened thousands of people. People have missed work or school called their doctor, or didn't get to the bathroom in time. Oh, they shit themselves? Mm-hmm. Oh. Norm, would you mind bringing me my water bottle over there? Oh, please. What a man, what, what a man, man, what a man, what a mighty good man. Yes, he is. <laughs> yes, my man says he loves me. Never says he loves me not. I won't sing anymore because then it gets really dirty. What happens after that? He rubs me good and touched me in the right, right spot. spot. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> then a bunch of Olestra victims spoke at the press conference. <gasps> okay, this, this one kills me. Oh my God. I would never, if I had shit <laughs> my pants, I would, or experienced anal leakage, I would never go to a press conference and be like, I was infected by these horrible chips. Yes, it's me. I um soiled a pair of underwear. <laughs> yeah, Kristen Caruso, yes. Kansas City, Missouri. <laughs> what else do you want to know? So there was Dana Laughlin, a mother of four from Plainfield, Indiana. She told the world that her 12-year-old son had had diarrhea for seven days. Oh, my God. Plus terrible gas. Oh, after eating five ounces of nacho cheese Wow Doritos. Wow. She said that, I mean, this poor kid, he's 12 years old and his mom's up there. Just him. blasted his business. <laughs> he, she said that he had an accident in bed at 4 a.m. <laughs> <laughs> he literally shut the bed. He, sh- he shut the bed and his mom told his everybody. Mom told national television? Was this televised? I don't know that it was televised. Well, thank goodness, but I bet people he knew were there. Well, I mean, my guess is if you hold a press conference about people sharding, I would imagine the news shows up. Like, <laughs> how dare you say that while I had a drink in my mouth? So, yeah, she said he had an accident in bed at 4 a.m. and he missed two days of school. So then all his little friends knew why he'd been gone. Oh, my gosh, this poor kid. <laughs> Seven days of diarrhea, over Ooh. five ounces, and nacho cheese Doritos. Ooh. 
Pat McGee. <laughs> Pat McGee was what? I I don't know how to pronounce this. It's M C G H E H E Y McGee. McGee. Spell it again. M C G H E H E Y. Okay. Nope. What? That's not it. What the <laughs> fuck was that? That's, no, okay. that's like a robot. Okay, yeah. Norm, Norm stop it. That's creepy. And we don't need... <laughs> don't you want to know? No. no. It, I think it's McGeehee. Okay. Actually, there, there's a guy on uh, on Jackass with with this last name. <gasps> Speaking of Jackass. What? Have you heard about Bam Margera? What? He reached out to Dr. Phil for help. He's like a drug addict and needs... Yeah. Well, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I guess it surprises me that he reached out to Dr. Phil. Yeah. I watched just like, I don't know, a clip of it today. So don't lie, Brandy. We know you watched I the whole thing. I wish I would have watched way more if I had the time. <laughs> I only got to watch like a five minute clip because that's all the time that I Does had. Does this podcast cut into your Dr. <laughs> Phil watching? <laughs> My Dr. Phil time. Yeah, it says that he became super depressed because as a skateboarder, he's supposed to be super skinny. And uh-huh. as he's gotten older, he's just gained a bunch of weight. And so he started experimenting with drugs in order to try and lose weight. Like he did meth. Really? Yeah. And he got, he did Adderall a bunch. He abused Adderall. He has an actual prescription for Adderall. Right. Um, but he didn't really like meth that much. He used Coke a ton. He hates pot, doesn't like doesn't like hallucinogenics and stuff like that. But he's got a major problem with drugs and alcohol and he doesn't really know what to do. And he hates taking his prescriptions because he feels like all of these doctors tell him to take all of these conflicting things and he doesn't feel any different and he doesn't feel like himself. That's as far as I got. I would have never guessed that this was weight related. I mean, when yeah. you said one of the guys from Jackass yeah. had trouble with drugs, I was like, well, yeah, probably. Yeah. Well, I think um, he he's got severe depression too. Because oh, yeah. when Ryan Dunn died, he was he got but really. He messed up. said on this clip that his depression was brought on by his weight gain. Wow. Like that was the that was like the tipping point for him. Mm-hmm. I didn't know skateboarders were supposed to be skinny. Yeah, to do the tricks, you have to be a yeah. little dude. Look like, at Tony Hawk. Yeah. Well, no, I mean now that I think about it. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of a Gravity does not work in your favor if you... Have you ever... Okay, do you know the skateboarder Rob Dyrdek? No. Okay, well, he had a show on MTV, Robin Big, where he... It was like a a reality show that followed him and his bodyguard, Uh Big Black. This dude was huge, giant black man, weighed like 450 pounds. I gathered that from the name. (laughs) Yeah, that was his name. He had a whole brand, these cool shirts that had like two Bs on them. Anyway... Rob tried, like constantly wanted to get him on a skateboard and he was terrified to do it. Yeah. And so finally <laughs> he like wraps him in like bubble wrap or something and gets him on a skateboard and gets him to go off like the tiniest little ramp. And he just I'm it physics just do not work for someone large like that. Dude just smack at the ground. <laughs> but he had the bubble wrap. Skateboard took off running. <laughs> Rest in peace to Big. Yes, yeah, he oh. died. Yeah, a couple of years ago. Man, that was a good show. Yeah. I liked Robin Big. Yeah, loved it. 
What the hell? It was so good. Where was I? Hilarious. Let me tell you about my best friend. You were you were like nose deep in a book or something. Watching Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders. (laughs) Yeah. (gasps) Oh, is there Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders? Uh, You guys are way off topic. There's lawsuit news about them. One of the cheerleaders. Okay, you know what? Maybe I'll save it for a future episode and you guys can suck it and have to listen to me talk at length about the cheerleaders but it was more of a settlement it didn't oh, go to trial so yeah. it'd be you know a little lame but yeah still. well mine mine was super light on the court stuff today so i'll allow it okay thank you <laughs> judge all right um so pat mcgahee mcgahee whatever was a pet groomer from indianapolis she ate half of a family-sized bag of Lay's original Wow chips. Mm-hmm. And while she was at work, she experienced horrible smelling gas, oh, no. bloating, yellow-orange stains. Okay. Where were the stains? Okay. what are Were they on her nacho cheese fingers or was they coming from her butthole? Don't you fucking wish. <laughs> I read somewhere that like people experience like they'd look in the toilet and there would be like orange oil. Oh, floating. yeah. What do you mean? Oh. oh, yeah. Did you experience this <laughs> no. too? No, but it reminds me of this diet pill that was out a few years ago. Oh, so it was this diet pill that was approved by the FDA. That was the big thing. Like, first yeah. diet pill approved by the FDA. Uh-huh. It really works. And it isolated the fat in your food. So you would, like... <gasps> I, I I did not use it. My client told me about it. You would... <laughs> you'd eat, and it would separate out the fat molecules. Oh, God. And then that way your body didn't absorb it. But then when you went to the bathroom, it was like... What? Just like a just like oil just like came Ew. out your butthole and then just like laid across the surface of the water because it doesn't. Ew. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. <laughs> it was FDA approved, Kristen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm beginning to think that it's not such a rigorous process. That is disgusting. Yeah, this client was a little bit odd. I'm, I don't know why I'm being so nice. I did her hair one time, but and yeah. she told me all of this. And she was like, I started testing its limits. What? <laughs> She's like, I would eat potato chips dipped in butter to no. see what would happen. No. Ew. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Ooh. Um, she also had greasy stools, which, how mm. do you know that it's greasy? I think like that. You... You get a film on the water. <laughs> film on, on the, the water. Street in your undies. <laughs> Olestra works. I look great in a bikini. <laughs> I think that was their failed theme song. Oh no, I should. <laughs> So these symptoms started at work. They lasted till two in the morning. Oh no! Um, was she wearing white pants? I don't understand how somebody did. People see her orange butt stains. Well, I'm hoping that they just went into a toilet bowl near well, those you. Wouldn't be stains, Kristen. You know what? You're right. <laughs> they wouldn't would be, not stains. be stains. I am 
I am ignoring <laughs> what I have here and trying to make it better. But no, a stain. You're right. That's that's in the undies. Best case I scenario. Worst case scenario. Leakage. Breakthrough leakage. Yeah. Breakthrough leakage. Oh God. Oh. The CSPI said their goal was simple. They wanted the FDA to revoke its approval of Alestra. Or at the very least, they wanted the chips to have a very prominent, strongly worded label. They wanted the warning label to read, Olestra may cause abdominal cramping and loose stools. But the FDA didn't revoke its approval of Olestra. No, they were like, let's get this thing nationwide! Yeah! Let's make everybody shit their pants! And in 1998, WOW chips were sold all over the nation. Because, hey, they didn't give everyone anal leakage. Oh, my goodness. In the first year on the market, Frito-Lay sold $400 million worth of WOW chips. no doubt. I don't either. I mean, for those of us who lived through the anal leakage of 1998, I mean, everyone bought these chips because what could be better? Yeah. Like, oh, I can, it's delicious. They taste roughly the same. Yeah. And... Hey, if my butthole leaks a little bit, then <laughs> so be it. So be it. Say lobby. Hakuna <laughs> <laughs> Matata. Hakuna Matata. <laughs> so I mentioned this a little bit earlier. It's unclear to me whether the WoW chips that first hit the market had prominent warning labels. It is possible that they did, because when the FDA first approved Alestra, they said that they wanted all products that had Alestra to be labeled as such. Yeah. But again, who knows how prominent the labels mm-hmm. were? Who knows exactly what they said? At some point, though, WOW chips were properly labeled as poop blasters. <laughs> By the way, I watched a commercial yesterday for WOW potato chips. Was it as good as the corn nuts one that I played you the other day? Okay, that was horrifying. <laughs> But this one was also horrifying. It was a dad and his son floating in a river on little inner tubes. I mean, eating. if they had anal leakage, then... That's exactly what I was thinking. just fine. When you think of it in the context of anal leakage, you're like, oh, that dad's butt is dipped right into the river. Just no one's away. No one's going to see those orange stains. That's right. Keep on leaking. This is an oily river we're Whoa. in, son. <laughs> but I look great. <laughs> Olestra quickly became a joke. Comedians made fun of it. People talked shit about it. (laughs) See what I did? (laughs) And sales dropped big time. By 2000, just two years after WoW chips hit the market, sales were just half of what they'd been in 1998. Um, Yes, because people were like, holy shit, this made me shit my pants. Yes, eventually... Wow, chips. Quiet. What are you doing? I gotta see if I'm making up this. I swear. They never said anal they leakage. They did. No, Where they did. Where did I come up with that phrase? I didn't make up that phrase. No, it became known in news articles as something that could happen. And of course, people latched onto that phrasing. No, that, it was in parentheses. I mean, it's another name for loose stool, anal leakage. I don't think it ever said anal leakage on the labels. She's steaming. Hmm. She's steaming mad, folks. Hmm. I'm going to need to look further into this. (laughs) Where's that term coming from? 
That's coming from the CSPI. Okay. Yeah. That's one of the things they said about Olestra. No, I get that part. Do you? Yes. I've slumped down in my chair because I need to find out if it was called, if it said anal leakage on the package. She's in full on research mode, folks. It's not satisfying enough to know that they cause anal leakage. No, I want the bag to say it caused anal leakage. It never did. It never said that it caused anal leakage. It said abdominal cramping and loose stools. Fine. <laughs> Why is your pride all wrapped up in anal leakage? I don't know. I just have a very clear memory of it saying that on the bag. Okay. It's the Mandela effect. It is. What's the Mandela effect? It is when you have a memory of something that isn't actually real. Yeah. Is it tied to Nelson Mandela? It is because everyone thought he died in prison. Oh, mm-hmm. no. So that's why it's called the Mandela yeah. effect. Oh. Because yeah. everyone's like, I swore he died in prison yeah. in South Africa. Kristen, do you think there was a movie in the 90s called Shazam starring Sinbad? No. Yes, I do. It starred Shaquille O'Neal, didn't it? Yeah. There is no movie in the 90s called Shazam starring Sinbad. Wow. But everyone thinks there was. Yeah. Wow. There was a movie called Kazam, Kazam. with Shaq. Yes. Oh, well... Okay. No, very different. Yeah, you're right. Damn it all to hell. This is my anal leakage. <laughs> I, I I am fascinated by the Mandela effect. If you'd like to talk more, please join me in the Discord. <sighs> That's just $5 a month to talk to Norman <laughs> about the, man- about the, the Mandela, Mandela effect. effect. A bargain at any price, I say. Eventually, wow chips quietly farted themselves into oblivion. <laughs> I'm so sorry to have hijacked your episode with my focus I was on gonna say, anal if, leakage. That well, was, are you going to keep looking at your screen? Nope, or are you going to... Nope, I'm closing it right now. I'm very sorry. I'm very upset right now. <laughs> I can tell. You're so passionate about this. I swear it existed, but I clearly didn't. No. Yeah. I'm telling you. No. <sighs> okay. You know what I need to do? What? Next time you're over, I need to get a bag of chips and Sharpie on there. Ain't a leakage. I'm not Donald Trump, Kristen. <laughs> no, it would make me Donald because I'm the one with the Sharpie. You on there. And you're the American people not buying it for a bit. So, you know, wow chips yeah. went bye-bye. Yeah. Which may sadden you tremendously because you're probably thinking, well, I'm a risk taker. <laughs> I don't mind a little loose stool now and again. I'll eat those shit chips as long as I'm cutting calories. Yeah. Well, you'd be in luck. Because in 2003, the FDA removed their requirement that all foods made with Olestra come with a warning label. Why? Interesting question. And you'll get different answers depending on who you ask. So the FDA says that they removed... Their warning label, because it just wasn't super necessary anymore. Most people knew about Olestra. They knew about the bad effects. But I would argue that we know the bad effects of smoking and that yeah, you still you have still a have label. Warning, yeah. um, they also said that the studies on Olestra showed that they only caused a minor increase in bowel movement frequency. So hmm. you, you put... You know, me in a room eating chips, you put you in a room eating the wow version of the chips, and you 
you're only gonna go poop a few more times than me, so what's what's the big deal? You know what I would argue needs a warning on it. What? Those fiber one granola bars. Have you ever had those puppies? Brandy, you know I've had those puppies. <laughs> and you know what happened to me. It happened to me too. Should we share? Therapy well, session. My my best poop story I've already told on the podcast. <laughs> it's the Burger King bathroom episode. Go check it out. So many tangents, but I have a my my go for it. My client Doreen, who we know and love, yes, like, yes, had a hey a, shout out to Doreen. Had a <laughs> comment about you bringing stuff into the car. Okay, and she said, Norman, it was just wildly just out out of line for you to be upset with Kristen about that because oh. you knew when you married her that she had shit in a bag in her car. <laughs> so. <laughs> Wait, when was I upset? <laughs> what Doreen is saying is, how could you be mad that I brought in like a banana? Oh, because you pooped in <laughs> a bag. You pooped in yeah. a bag in a car. So, Doreen, so you have a, a glass point of there. tea is like really the best case scenario. <laughs> Doreen has a point. She has a very good point. She has a very good point. No, so my story about fiber one bars. Yeah. So Norman used to get fiber one bars pretty mm-hmm. regularly. And. I would eat them on occasion, and I I could have sworn to you that they did not affect me at all. Looking yes. back now, what I realized is that I was probably always just near a bathroom, <laughs> and I just didn't put it all together. Anyway, one time we were flying home from North Carolina to Kansas City to see my parents. And, of course, that is a weird-ass route, so no one takes it. So it's like, you transfer this, blah, 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 blah. Another fun fact about me, I hate to go to the bathroom on an airplane, Think it's disgusting. We'll avoid it at all costs. Mm-hmm. Okay. So on the way to the airport, I had a fiber one bar. Again, because they don't affect me. We got to the airport. I had a large coffee from Starbucks, which I might as well have had three bags of wow potato chips because <laughs> that entire flight, I was miserable. I could, I mean, shit was up to my eyeballs, but I refused to go to the bathroom. And on top of that, I was very, very hungry. So I looked in my bag and all I had was another fiber Fiber one. (laughs) Yeah, um, I ate them regularly. Never had problems with them. Thought they were the most delicious granola bar on the planet. Mm -hmm. And then one day I had two. (laughs) Like one and then I didn't have any. I was at the salon and I had been really busy. And so I ate one and then... I don't know. I don't know what led to me eating a second one like a short time later. It was you the, were not thinking. I, it was the only food that I had. And so I was like, oh, I'll just eat another one of these real quick and I'll be fine. I think I was supposed to like get off work and I end up having to stay late or something like that. And so I wasn't going to make it. And so my stomach bloated up like I was seven months pregnant. Uh-huh. I swear to you. It was so painful. Uh-huh. Just horrific. <laughs> Thankfully, I was not on an airplane. <laughs> I remember you were sweating. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I was. And I was like, are you okay? And you like didn't want to tell me at first right, what was going we were, on. Right, because we were freshly in love, and I didn't want to confess to you that... You poop? That yeah. I was about to explode, and it, there would be no blood, there would be no bones, <laughs> it would just be poop. <laughs> this is all I have left of Kristen. <laughs> Did I eventually tell you? Okay. When we got off the plane. Okay. You like got to the bathroom real quick. <laughs> How sweaty was I? <laughs> I mean, I thought you were sick. 
In a way, I was. Or like you were nervous about flying. (laughs) Okay, so they remove the warning. They're like, "Uh, fuck this, everybody's cool. Everybody knows that this makes you, your butthole So that's the FDA's story on why they removed it. But the Center for Science and the Public Interest was like, no, you did this because lobbyists got to you. Yeah. You didn't drop the labeling requirement because Olestra is no big deal. You've received more than 20,000 complaints about Olestra. That's more complaints than you've received about any other food additive combined. Wow. Foods that are made with Olestra need a warning label. Meanwhile, our good friends, the ass blasters over at Frito-Lay, were like, hey, everybody. Hey, hey, hey. We've got a new line of chips. There are light line of chips. Uh-huh. Um, hey, they're definitely not just the wow chips with yeah, new packaging. Yeah, they're so different. Um, they're so different. You'll shit your pants. <laughs> <laughs> you should all go out and enjoy them today, preferably near a toilet. <laughs> Once again, the people at the Center for Science and the Public Interest were so mad. Frito-Lay was at it again. And this time, they didn't even have to warn anybody what they were up to. But what could they do about it? They'd already complained to the press. They'd written strongly worded letters. Well, around this time... I'm so excited. The CSPI found out about a 30-year-old woman named Lori Perlow. She was from Braintree, Massachusetts. And about June 15th, 2005, she purchased a bag of Ruffles Light Cheddar Potato Chips. She ate them. She had no idea that they'd been made with Alestra. And she said that if she'd known, she would not have purchased them. Mm -hmm. Because after she ate them, she had severe gas, cramps, and... An urgent need to go to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. She said, I remember learning about the effects of Olestra, so never in a million years would I have knowingly purchased potato chips that contain it. I was driving my car when the symptoms hit. Frankly, I feel lucky to have reached my destination in one piece. (gasps) Wow. I've never related to anyone more. So she and the CSPI teamed up together, and they looked at each other, and they said, Let's go to court! They said that Frito-Lay knowingly and intentionally failed to inform Lori of the side effects of Olestra, and that by changing the name of the WOW chips to Light, they were being intentionally misleading about whether the Light chips contained Olestra. Correct. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) This was deceptive. Yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I completely agree. Because no one was buying those wow chips anymore. But if he says light, I just assume that you've cut back the calories yeah. somehow. I don't assume that you've, you've got a Lestra in, in there. You've got... I don't... What? I don't know. Did you want to say anal leakage again? I did. But you I, just, I censored myself. I think I've met the max. <laughs> What's the max? I don't know. 15? I've said it at least 15 times. Probably surpassed that. If they had disclosed the fact that Olestra was in their light chips, Lori would have never purchased them. CSPI's litigation director, which I didn't know that was a title you could have, but whatever, Steve Gardner said, It's bad enough that Frito-Lay still uses this discredited and dangerous chemical. 
one of the most infamous food additives in history. But by quietly changing the name of this product line and purposely de-emphasizing the presence of Olestra, Frito-Lay is really tricking consumers. And that deception is putting Americans at risk of some pretty unsettling side effects. Unsettling is an understatement. Yes. In January of 2006, they publicly notified Frito-Lay of their intent to sue. And the announcement, of course, made headlines. Because we got to talk about anal leakage again. And what could be better? Right. But Frito-Lay spoke out. They said that they were complying with all federal laws and regulations. They saw no need to change the way their products were labeled. So everybody back off. (laughs) And buy some more chips. Chips. Get some more anal leakage. Yeah. Come on. That'll clean you out real good. Yeah, it's really good for you. It's like a colon cleanse. Mm -hmm. But in June of that year, Frito-Lay caved. Mm Mm-hmm. As part of their settlement agreement, Frito-Lay agreed to prominently display an oval-shaped Olean logo on their light chips. Have you seen this? I have seen this. Yeah. I was wondering if Olean was going to come up because they like that's the brand name. They like rebranded. Right, yeah. right. Um, They're like, okay, we won't put Olestra on there, but... Yeah, Olean is kind of like the little fancy name for Olestra. yeah. So it says Olean in the little oval logo along with like... It's not a tagline, but it says underneath it, made with Olestra. Mm -hmm. So that little logo goes on the front, and there would also be a mention of Olestra on the back of the package as well. Frito-Lay also agreed to give the Harvard Medical School Division of Nutrition $150,000, which, I mean, Frito-Lay had to find that, like, between the couch cushions. Exactly. I mean, that's, like, nothing Nothing. After the settlement was announced, CSPI's executive director said... We're pleased that Frito-Lay agreed to these modest changes, which are sufficient to avoid a lawsuit and will help consumers who know enough to avoid Olestra to do so. That this unsavory chemical was allowed to enter and remain in the food supply at all represents a serious mistake by the Food and Drug Administration. Wow. And that is the explosive story of Olestra. That was excellent. Thank you. It was kind of light on the court stuff, but I've wanted to cover it for like... Yeah, since like our third episode. I really have. Yeah. I I just think it's crazy that this was allowed, that this is still allowed Uh, in our food. Now, as a surprise, I have brought in a bag of wow potato chips. No. Uh, Who's got the balls to eat these? (laughs) They don't make those anymore. No, I think... You can... I think I've seen the light potato chips in the grocery store. Yeah, I think the Pringles still exist. Pringle... I think Pringles are still around. Yeah, and they're made with Alestra. But they have to have that label, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust, or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory... Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Well, are you ladies ready for some questions? We are. So, Norman, tell us what you've done here. Every Wednesday when you guys record, I go into the Discord and I ask your fine supporters if they'd like to ask you guys any questions. And I say the sillier the better, because silly questions are always more entertaining. Yes. So let's let's answer a few of these, shall yes, we? Yes, Okay, please. let's do it. Okay. Shauna wants to know, if you could change the outcome of any case... What would the case be, and what would you make the final verdict? Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. I feel like, for me, the answer could change depending on the minute right now. Right now, the thing that is still on my mind is the Tyler Clemente suicide that we talked about. I guess this would be last week. Justice was not served there. So, Darun Ravi got 20 days. I mean, he served 20 days yeah. in jail, and that just, that was not even close to justice. Yeah. So, I think I said in the episode that I thought he deserved five years. And listening to it back, I was like, no, I think he deserved more for that. I don't know what the right answer was to well, that. It's not 20 days. Yeah, yeah not, not 20 days. <laughs> but there are a million cases that I think oh, yeah. didn't Same. go right. Same. Um,. Oh, gosh. I don't even know. The first one for me that comes to mind is um, is John Bonet because, like, a grand mm. jury voted to indict, and then it yeah. never happened. Although I don't think her parents are the ones that did it. Have we discussed our theory on here before? My theory? Have I ever Not discussed it? Not on here, I don't. But, I, I mean, I so. know your theory. Go yeah, ahead. So I, I 100% believe that her brother killed her mm-hmm. and that her parents covered it up so they wouldn't lose both children. Yeah. And so, yeah, I think somebody should have paid for that. I don't know what the answer is though. You guys ready for another question? Yeah. Yeah. My question is, this is from Tyler. My question is for Brandy. What is the worst client experience you've <gasps> ever had Ooh. as a hairstylist? Ooh, I love these Aside questions. from the balloon guy. Oh my, oh. yeah, I was going to say that guy wasn't a client, <laughs> but that was terrible. So it got to be somebody who sat in the chair and got his hair cut. Um, oh gosh, there's been so many weird ones. Okay, so there, I, I'm going to give two quick ones. My favorite one, which was also like super weird, was I cut this guy's hair. This has been years and years and years ago. He sat down in my chair and he was like drinking a milkshake from Sonic. Like it was the first time he'd ever tasted a milkshake in his life. Oh, God. And just like really sucking on the straw. And so he sits down. I put his cape on and I'm like, so, you know, what are we doing today? And he's like, you know, like haircut. And I was like, okay, great. Yeah. Um, How do you usually get it cut? I don't I don't really know. 
And I was like, okay, so when you typically get your haircut, do they usually use scissors or do you get clippers? You know, what do they, what do they usually do? And it's not super, like, most people know that. Like, do they use a machine on the sides or is it just all scissor cut? Like, that's pretty easy to determine. Super common for someone not to know, like, the clipper guard that gets used, anything like that. Not a big deal. I can figure all that out. But I'm like, just a starting point. Do you get clippers or just scissors usually? And this answer was the craziest answer I've ever gotten in my life. And it, like, I had to, like, physically keep myself from having an outward reaction. So I said, you know, you usually get clippers or, or scissors? You know, what? how do you usually get your hair cut? Um, I don't know. I'm not from around here. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? This guy... It was an alien. He escaped Area 51. He escaped Area 51. (laughs) And he had to change change his identity. (laughs) Do they have scissors from where you are, sir? Um, and then I would say the first thing that comes to mind is my worst experience. This is a story that I have told you. This woman came in. I had been doing her hair. For months at this point, I'd done her hair several times, highlighted her hair many times. Right. She comes in one day and it is, she didn't have an appointment. Uh I had done her hair like a week prior. Mm -hmm. She comes in and I can just tell that like she's in a mood. Like she comes in, she just opens the door to the salon aggressively. Uh And then... She's like holding her phone out. She has a friend on speakerphone with her. And she has come into the salon to confront me. Oh, my God. Because she just looked in the mirror and there are no highlights on the underneath portion of her hair. And so she says it like just like that to me. Yeah. And, And I'm like. Right. Yeah, we've we've been doing a partial highlight. You know, that's I've always only highlighted the top and sides. You know, we've never done the underneath. And she's adamant. No, I always get a full. I have been paying you $70 to highlight my hair. And I was like, yeah, no, that's a partial. I've never put any highlights in the underneath of your hair. Let me let me show you. And so her friend is like, tell her what you told me. Tell her what you told me. And oh she's just my like, God. Her friend is like egging her on on this phone and her friend is calling me unprofessional and all this stuff, which I will say I'm very laid back on this podcast. I am super professional like when it comes to dealing with my clients. Yeah. And so she's pissed and I'm trying to explain to her that she's only ever gotten a partial. Every time I've done her hair, I've never put highlights on the underneath of her hair. And so I am talking to her and I'm like, you know, if you'll if you'll. Give your friend a call back in a few minutes. Let me show you what I do. I'll walk you through it. I'll show you everything. And and she's like, her friend's like, she's just trying to get you off the phone with me. She's just trying to get you off the phone with me. And I'm uh, like, I promise you I'm not. I just want to have a conversation with you. Yeah. So that we can make sure that we're on the same page. And so she does. She gets off her phone. I have her sit down on my chair. I part her hair off and I show her these are the portions that I highlight every time. This part, you'll notice there's no highlight in it. Because I never highlight it. Like, if I had highlighted it a couple times ago, but didn't do it this time, you would have highlights, like, from the mid-shaft to the ends. There's no highlights there. She got so pissed. She, like, ripped her cape off that I'd put on her. Uh She threw it on the ground. And then she about slipped on it, getting up (laughs) out of the chair. And she 
screamed at me that she had $3,000 in her in her purse. And all she wanted me to do was fix her hair for Christmas. And I was refusing to do that. And I was like, what? That's not at all what we <laughs> talked about. And then she stormed out of the salon. Said she'd be telling everybody what a horrible stylist I am. I was like, okay, great. Thank you. Have a great day. Brandy ruins Christmas. <laughs> Why'd you have to ruin her Christmas? I I didn't ru- I was it was not my intention to ruin her Christmas at all. Well, the unfortunate thing is to get a full set of highlights with you is four thousand. That's right. So, so she was just shy. She was Seventy dollars for a partial. <laughs> four thousand for, for a full. <laughs> Gosh, seems like a deal to just get a ton of partials. <laughs> If you had to do a podcast on some other topic, what would it be? This is from Gadriel. Mm. 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 God, that's hard because I really, I was thinking the other day how much I love the topic we, like our topic now, because I like to be able to do something really horrible and sad, but also super light and ass blowy, like Olestra. Yeah. Um, I really loved our Patreon episode, the unsolved <gasps> stuff. So I think yes. I, if I was going to pick a different topic, I think I might do unsolved. Unsolved. Yeah, that was really really fun. Yeah, uh, that's out now, by the way. Yes, um, we both did these crazy unsolved cases. It was, it was super. It was voted on by the patrons, and I. It was so fun. Loved it. It was super fun. B Barcenas. Yeah, it's B Barcenas. B Barcenas. What are your guilty pleasure TV shows? I know. I think I know the answer to both of these. Well, for me, it's obviously Dallas Cowboys <laughs> cheerleaders making the team. I fucking love that show. <laughs> what do you think mine is? Family Feud. I do love the Family. Really, anything on the Game Show Network? Actually, I'm kind of obsessed with this new game show on the Game Show Network. It's called America Says, and it's it's pretty awesome. <laughs> I feel like. You need to go have this conversation at a nursing home to get around people who will actually know what you're talking about. I love the Game Show Network. Yeah, that's definitely my guilty pleasure. Yeah, Game Show Network. Yeah. I cannot stand Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders making the team. I have tried to watch it. First of all, it's cowboys because there's more than one of them. And how dare you? I've literally never seen an episode. I don't. I didn't even know the show existed until you talked about it. Well, you're missing Everyone out. looks the same on that show. <laughs> no, they the, have brunettes, too. <laughs> I was going to say, are they all blonde? Yeah, blonde, long blonde hair. And the way they edit the show is I can't stand it. Mm. I what, cannot stand the editing. What is wrong with the editing, sir? Because when they dance, uh-huh. they edit in a music track over it, yeah, not no, that, the actual music track they use. And it's, it's a low-budget show. It's very show. distracting. It's a low budget show. Mm. They get the royalty free music, although uh, no, th- no, they use they use legit music. Oh well, in later seasons, yes, yeah. but in early seasons, it was like da na 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 na. I don't know what this is. <laughs> Final question from J M Capesius. This is a good one. What is your go to candy or snack for long road trips? Ooh. Ooh. I've got a weird one. (gasps) What is it? I like, and Norman knows this, I love, they're hard to find, but Twizzler nibs. Not regular. 
okay, it I, is Twizzlers. My car snack is Twizzlers. Uh-huh, I love the nibs too. Yeah, nibs are like, very rare. It's they not are, like overly sweet. Yeah. I love uh, Twizzlers. But they're just in all forms. I like the nibs. I like the originals. I like the pull and peels. I don't like the weird fruit ones with no. the junk in the middle. Disgusting. I don't want those ones. But the Twizzlers are my car snack. You know what? I feel like this has been locked in since elementary school together. We've gone on so many road I trips. Know. And you know what? My mom loves licorice. So I bet that, you that, yeah. she, it's yeah. Probably, mm-hmm. It's probably. Listener homework. Uh, count the number of times anal leakage has been said in this podcast. And two, send us Twizzlers <laughs> to, the P- to the P.O. Box. This I is have, how we cash in, huh? I have one. Before listener homework, I have one more tidbit that we need to talk about on the show. One more nib. One more nib. One more Twizzler nib. Okay. My mom texted me mm-hmm. and is claiming responsibility for our friendship. Yes. Okay. You told me about this. I'm yes. so excited you're telling this on the podcast. So we talked about um, on a recent episode about us, how something that we did in the fifth grade and like that was the year yeah. we became friends and whatever. My mom texted me and she said, oh my gosh, I am responsible for your guys' friendship in a roundabout way. Yeah. I was like... Okay, mom, sure. It couldn't just be that, like, we're both amazing and gravitated towards each mm-hmm. other. <laughs> so uh, we became friends when we were in Mrs. Francis's fifth grade class. Yep. And um, I assume we were sat by each other because it was probably yeah, we were sat alphabetical. alphabetically. Right. And yeah. so which for anyone who's like, well, no, we both had last names that start with P. Yes. So we, we were definitely right next to each other. Yeah. So I was originally supposed to be in a different class. So I was assigned, there was like one male teacher at our elementary school. Mm-hmm. My sister, Casey, had had him. And my mom didn't didn't love, she thought he was a great teacher, didn't love the, the social experience that my sister had in his class. And she thought it just wasn't the right environment for me. And so uh-huh. she wanted me in a different class. She So she called the school and they're like, sorry, we don't. We, we don't, don't do that. People around, you get yeah. the class you get. And my mom like made a big stink about it, I guess. And somebody moved out of district. And when that person moved, they gave me their spot in Mrs. Francis's class. That is wild. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. Yep. So yeah, that's that's, that's how, how we became we, friends. That's how we became friends. Shout out to Brandy's mom. That's right. Yeah. Um, I should say. Just for that one lone male teacher, Kyla had him when, yeah. when she was in fifth grade. Loved well, him. Well, and Casey, yeah. Casey really liked him when she had him, too. Yeah. It's just um, some thing. I don't know. You know, moms, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> you know how moms be. Yeah, that's right. Arranging your life for you. <laughs> finding your BFF. Finding your lifelong BFF. <laughs> so thanks, mom. Yeah, thank you. All right, should we do Supreme Court inductions? Oh, yes. Do you know how to no, open? Yeah, I don't want to talk about it, Kristen. <laughs> Go ahead and get your phone out. You stop it. For this induction, I'd like you to all rise and grab your favorite bag of potato chips. Excellent. Kara Ryan. Stinkin' cute. Oh, we're doing least favorite words. God damn it. (laughs) For this round of inductions, we are still sticking up with least favorite words. Sticking with least favorite words. Kara Ryan. Stinkin' cute. Marissa Kolka. Anyways. Cindy Smith. Fester. Ew. 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 That is bad. Brenda Futrell. Tits. Mm. I have to disagree. I like tits. <laughs> I, I mean, think, I like, think a lot of people I like, don't tits. Mean like that. Unpopular opinion. Unpopular I opinion. like tits. I love tits. 
Ali Bromhead. Penetration. Oh, terrible word. Oh, oh. It gives me a feeling in my, like the, oh no. Like you've been penetrated? No, I knew you were going to say that. Well, you were pointing to your throat. <laughs> what was I supposed to say? Amanda Baker. Hubby slash wifey. That's also bad. Uh, hey, girl. Hubby. I don't like hubby. No, no one does. <laughs> <laughs> Jen Richter. Pussy. Ew, I don't like it either. <laughs> <laughs> I hated the way I... you said it. Well, how was I oh, supposed to say no, it? It sounded terrible. Pussy. It sounded terrible. Welcome to the Supreme Court. Thank you guys for all of your support. Um, we appreciate it. If you're looking for other ways to support us, please find us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, all of those places. Head on over to our Patreon if you've not signed up for that. Patreon.com slash LGTC podcast. And then be sure to join us next week. And subscribe to us. Oh, hell, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> and after you've subscribed to us, be sure to join us next week. When we'll be experts on two whole new topics. Podcast adjourned. And now for a note about our process. I read a bunch of stuff, then regurgitate it all back up in my very limited vocabulary. And I copy and paste from the best sources on the web, and sometimes Wikipedia. So we owe a huge thank you to the real experts. For this episode, I got my info from the Center for Science and the Public Interest, MedicineNet.com, the Boston Globe, and Wikipedia. And I got my info from an article from the Houston Press by Steve McVicker called False Sense of Security, as well as an episode of I Survived. For a full list of our sources, visit lgtcpodcast.com. Any errors are, of course, ours, but please don't take our word for it. Go read their stuff. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.